Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We've been in this series in 2 Timothy uh, of passing the faith. And the reason what the, the what began this was the idea or the thought pattern that we're about to start a new church. And uh, Village Church, which is starting in the south part of Wetumpka, and, and we're excited. We're trying to do it really well. And, and we know, as I've told you, it puts pressure on us. And it's pressure on us to, uh, for us and for them. Uh, when a new church starts, they don't quite have all the resources they need. And as the mother church, it strains our resources. But we're going to do it, and, uh, and we're excited about it. But I... I put this series together to have something to share with Patrick and the five families that are leaving with him uh, to go and plant this church and uh, I mean we're getting really we're getting really close now we're within we're inside a month before their first services and uh, um, we're we're excited about it uh, the problem is that in in ministry and maybe in other areas of life maybe just in following Christ but in ministry specifically uh, one of the things I've tried to talk to him about and tell him is that that ministry can be brutal. And I'm not saying that so you feel sorry for me, no. I mean, I have a great job and a great life and all those kind of things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a different place, I'd say. But, like, ministry is, is brutal. And I can say that statistically because way over half of the pastors in, uh, in the U.S. don't retire from being a pastor they quit they quit there's some point along that journey of leading and pastoring that they would go that's enough of that and they leave and that's just it's statistically true and so like i don't want to be one of those statistics i want to and i don't want patrick to be in one of those statistics so literally the title of the message this morning is don't quit but as I've told you, these don't just have a, a message for, for Patrick. I told Patrick, I was like, I'm doing this whole series of messages just for you, you know, uh, really just for you. Um, but there's a message for all of us. And it worked out great. He preached last week, and he preached uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 4 in, in a famous passage of Scripture. And he'd come to me, and he goes, uh, I noticed you're not preaching from this passage, which is crazy because it's like, it's the best passage in Timothy. And I was like, yeah, but it's from the perspective of Paul. He's the one leaving. And I said, I'm not leaving. You're leaving. And, uh, and, and he said, well, I want to preach that one. I'm like, go for it. So he, he preached last week, and I, I listened to the message. He did, a, he did a great job and really challenged us. And that was a little part of his message, too. It's like he's telling you, don't quit. And, and I'm going to piggyback on that of, of not quitting um, because... It's easy to get discouraged. And I see people quit. And that's actually that's discouraging to ministers. When people who are following God quit. Like they quit going to church, they quit, they quit really pursuing God. It's like life is tough, and so you go through life and you just hit obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, and there's stuff stuff happens all along the way. And as you experience these difficulties. You know, it, sometimes people get to the point where they go like, I'm just not doing this anymore. You know, 
I'm just going to quit on the whole idea of following God and pursuing God and whatever because it's just hard to live a godly life. And I get it. I get it. I do. I just live from the premise that it is hard to live a godly life. It is way harder to live a life without God and without following Him. It's way harder. And so, I just, look, life is hard regardless. But it's not like, I, I, I get it, you know, people let you down. It's not like God's letting you down because you're going through a difficulty. He never said you're not going to go through difficulties. And that's what Paul's trying to tell Timothy. He's tr- he tries to tell him, he says, listen, I, I want you to know. In fact, this scripture that I'm going to share with you today, which is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. Right before this, he had just told Timothy, hey, there are people that you're going to deal with, and they're going to be sitting right there in your pews. No offense to you, but I'm just telling you, that's what he told him. And he says, it's just true. There's going to be people, and they have the appearance of godliness, but they deny the power. They look, they look like they're followers. You know, they got their Bible with them, they say the right things, they're in church, they're doing all, but there's no power. Because they're not really attached to Jesus. They're not really following Jesus. They're just sort of going through the motions of religiousness, of spirituality. They're just kind of going through the motions of that. And he says, you're going to have to deal with that. And those people, it's going to be really disappointing when you're leaning on somebody or thinking somebody's in a certain place. And then you find out their marriage is a shambles. You find out they don't really want to serve in the church. They don't really want to, whatever. They just, they don't have the power They don't have the Spirit of God in their life. And the power of God, they just kind of look the part. And so he's just told them that. And he's telling them, I want to remind you in this passage, he's writing from prison. He's in prison, and he's in prison for preaching the gospel. And here he is telling this young preacher, you see my situation, but I don't want you to quit. I want you to persevere. And then he does something, you know, really bold. He has the boldness to say, if you're not sure what to do, just watch me. Now, that's pretty bold. It's something that all of us should, should feel confident in doing. We really should. It's, like, it's not like you're, nobody in here is perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus, okay? All right. We all need Jesus, all right? We're all imperfect, you know? But... You do this in all these other areas of your life. You don't mind saying to somebody, right? Oh, you don't know how to fix this thing? Watch me. Here, let me show you how to do it. You don't know how to cook this? Let me show you. Here, just watch. And I'll show you. Oh, we're on the computer. You want? Here, look. Let me show you what you do. You do this right here. And we show people all the time. Like, here's how you do it. Here's what you do. Just watch me. I'll show you. And then they can do it. We do it in all these other areas of life. So Paul says when it comes to following Jesus, when it comes to living this godly life and trying to do this right, he says to him, he says, I'm, I've been a pastor for years. I've gone through all this stuff, and here you are. He said, if you're not sure what to do, just watch me. I'll show you. And there are people in your lives, and they need you to be that for them. They need you. Typically, they're younger than you. Typically, they're kind of a stage of life behind you. Or they might be somebody who's similar in age, but their, their area of weakness is an area of strength for you. And so you can just go, well, I can show you how to do that. 
right? You can show me how to do some things. I can show you how to do some things. But like, you just watch me. Just watch me. Now, we don't tend to do that when it comes to spiritual things. I think because we're chicken. We're a little chicken because we, we know that we fail and we're, we, you know, we mess up. And it seems, maybe it seems a little arrogant to say that. But I want to tell you that's not the case. It's not the case. You need to be able to look at your kids and your grandkids and your nieces and your nephews and people around you in life that you go, you want to know how to do this? Just, just watch. I'll show, I'll show you what to do. And so he, he tells him, Timothy, you know me. And here's the thing. Here's the problem. If I tell you, just watch me, the problem is, how well do you know me, right? So here, here's one thing I'll give you. Here's one thing I'll give you as far as being your pastor. I'm just a plain, ordinary dude, and you all know that, okay? That's one thing about me. I'm just, this is who I am. If you're around me some other time, I'm the same guy standing up here at wherever I am, all right? I'm just a plain, ordinary dude, all right? And, and the thing is, you, you probably know me better than I know you because I stand up here and tell stories about my life all the time and tell you what's going on, and you kind of know me, right? But, but you know me. And so he tells, he tells Timothy, Timothy, we've worked together. You really know me. Like Patrick knows me. We've been working together for six years. And then he knows me from before that when he was, you know, grew up here in the church. I've been pastoring here for 20 years, and there was a part of that time he was here uh, before he left to be a minister and left us and, and, and came back. So, like, he knows me. He works in the office with me all the time. We've been through all kinds of stuff together. And the people around you, they know you. Look, your family, they really know you, right? They really know you. I just spent the last week on vacation with my entire family and extras of, of Perlene's family. There were 17 of us, okay, 17 of us. And, uh, and eight of them were mine. Uh, and they know me. We know each other. We know each other's flaws, right? We know each other's crazy parts, right? You know that. Everybody's got craziness. You each have it, okay? They're a little crazy in this area, right? We all are a little crazy in some area. And because we love each other, most of the time, we just, you know, we deal with that crazy part, and we try to make it less crazy. We try to accommodate that part of their craziness and sometimes we are for fun we poke it and stir it up okay that's who we are that's a family okay and so we know each other so if you work with someone every day you know you work with someone or you live with someone every day like they know you right and so here we are you know me and, and if I'm following the Lord or not, I mean, I don't really have a choice other than for you to know me and go like, do I follow God or not? Do you follow God or not? Like, people in your life, do they, what do they think? What do they know? So Paul just had the guts to look at Timothy in the same way I want to have the guts to look at Patrick and go, I'll show you, I'll show you, Right? To me, looking at my own family, including the nieces and nephews and, you know, in-laws and all those people, right? And you go, you know me. 
This is what he says. I'm going to read the verse to you, 2 Timothy 3, verse 10. He says, but you, Timothy, certainly know, and look at this whole list. You know what I teach, how I live, what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. He says, Timothy, you know me. And look at the list. He says, you know what I teach. You know what I teach. Patrick knows what I teach. Guess what? The people that you are out, they know what you teach. They know where you get your instruction from because you quote it. You quote it. You say, I heard, I read this. You know, you're in a discussion, you're talking about stuff, and you go, well, I think, I, I think because I was reading the other day, I heard so-and-so, and you quote them. Now, he knows that I teach God's Word. He knows that. We've talked about it multiple times. He listens to all my sermons. Well, I don't know if he listens. He knows what I'm preaching about. You, can't, you listen. He listens. Okay, all right. And, and uh, I listened to your sermon last week. Like, I, I've got it off the podcast and listened to it. Like, you know, you know what somebody's teaching. And I know, I know if I sat and talked to you and you're referring to, well, you know, on Fox News, on CNN, on Facebook, it's... If it's always, well, my friend said, my friend said, my friend said. Like, I know where you're getting your information and how you're forming your opinions. You tell everybody that. And I'm just saying as a follower of God, as a follower of Jesus Christ, people know if your main, your main place of info is this. Well, God's Word says this. Like, I'm dealing with this issue. You're asking my, me my opinion and, and here's the thing, I know that God's Word says this. Right? They know. They know where you're, where you're coming from. They know what you teach. You got me? They know what your curriculum is. Okay? If all you're ever quoting, nothing wrong with this, I'm not saying it's bad, but if all you ever say, well, my daddy always taught me, you know, or my mama always said, then they know that your Bible is what your mama taught you. Now, hopefully your mama was a Bible person, and maybe you're just kind of, well, but I'm just telling you, they know. Your people know who you're quoting. And Paul said, Timothy, you know, I'm quoting Scripture. My reference is the Word of God. I'm telling you the Word of God. You know what I teach. You know the foundation of my life. He secondly, he says, you know how I live. You know how I live. You know how I treat people? Like, I would know. If I hung out with you, if we worked together, I'm going to know how you treat people. I'm going to see you treat clients a certain way. I'm going to see you when we're going out to lunch. I'm going to see how you treat people. I'm going to see how you talk to people. If we work together, I'm going to see how you treat the people who are, you know, like cleaning up after you. I'm going to see how you treat the people who are your boss, who are your peers. Like, I'm going to see all that. 
in family life. I'm going to see how you deal with people, how you treat people. I know how you live. I know what you do. I know what you do. Right? If you live with, if you're around somebody, you know what kind of stuff they do. Plus, if you're following them on Instagram, you see where they went, right? You see what concert or what show or what thing they went to. Like, I know that he loves, look, he loves wrestling. And I know that, right? Well, how do I know that? Because we talked about wrestling. I don't care anything about wrestling. I don't know nothing about it. But I know he does, right? Because you end up knowing how people live their life. You know what they do, right? He says, thirdly, you know what my purpose in life is. You know what all, I'm all about. You know what my values are. You know what drives me. You know what my goals are. You know. He knows. And the people in your life, they know. Values are interesting because you say what your values are. But then what happens in life, it becomes clear that sometimes values come into conflict with each other. And then when you consistently choose one thing over another, then everybody around you knows that this thing is more valuable to you to, than this. And people who live with you and work with you, they know your purpose and your values. I'm going to give you an example. So this week, we were all at the beach. We go every year, the same week, every year, with Perlene's family. They were talking about it. They said, how long have we been doing this? And I said, well, we've been married 33 years. I've come to this beach, to this place, 33 times. Okay? But apparently, they started before me. Okay? So they've been going the same week, same time. And, and you know, when it started, you know, when I showed up and went along with them, I was person number six, right? Now, we didn't even take everybody. Everybody can't go, you know, it's all that stuff. But we took 17 this time, all right? And so we're there. And there was a certain point where, okay, it's all adults. And then there's like a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and then like a 3-year-old, okay? Whew, okay. Uh, so at a certain point, the mama of the 12-year-old and 10-year-old said, I signed up, I want to ta take them on this jet ski ride. But I need an adult, I'll take one of them, but I need another adult who has a driver's license to go. Now, I want to ask y'all a question. Do I want to do that? No, I don't. Y'all know me, right? I don't want to do that. First of all, it was a two-hour thing. I don't want to be out in the sun for two hours. You know what I do at the beach? Does anybody know? What do I do at the beach? Read. Thank you. I read. I read. And if I go out there, I go sit under an umbrella in a complete shade. Somebody asked me, are you wearing sunscreen? I said, I'm not wearing sunscreen. Most I'm going to be in the sun is the walk from the umbrella back to the, like that little stretch. That's it for me. Don't worry about me. But that, like... I'm not going on the jet ski. Do I want to go on a jet ski with a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old on the... No! No! 
No, there's a chance they won't come back. I don't want to go, right? So it was put out there to the whole family. There's 17 people. 14 of them are adults. Okay, I'll, I'll take out the two 80-something-year-olds. They're probably not going. There are 12 possibilities out there. One of them's already going. So there's 11, okay? There's 11 possibilities. Nine of those people are between the ages of 23 and 31. You, one of them's going, right? Like, you got to go. There was a problem. There was a problem. You had, to, you had to pay your part to go. Well, then that eliminate all them. So I'm sitting there. They're not going to pay. They ain't going to pay. If it was free, they would have gone, right? So now I'm in the, you know, now I... But do I want the 8-year-old and the 10-year-old to get to go? I went. I did it. I went. They made it back. They came back. I had a great time. I had a great time. It was, it was great, you know? Riding that thing, it was, it was out, it was great. All right, so, but I went. Here's what, here's what you have to understand. So what you would see, if you were around me over the course of my life, you would see values conflict, right? Do I want to go do that? No, but I did it. Why? Why? Because there's a value that is consistently greater than this value, you will see me make that choice over and over again, and you will know, oh, he values this more than this. Y'all with me? It's just obvious. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I could have easily said, no, I'm not going. I could have said, I'll pay the $50 and one of y'all go. But see, here's something else you don't know. I'm cheap. I'm not paying $50 for you to go. If I'm going to pay $50, I'm going to go. Values, right? Okay. So, so you learn about, so he says, Paul says to Timothy, you know what my purpose in life is. You know what my values are. You know what drives me. You know what motivates me. And I want to tell you, your people know. They know. You can say whatever you want to say. You can make it sound good. If you were in a meeting with me, you might tell me this is that. But I'm just going to tell you, the people that live with you and work with you, they know what your values are. And Paul was brave enough to say to Tim, you know. You know, so you can just follow me. Because you know. And then he goes on and just talks about my faith. You know my faith. You, you know what I believe in. You know that I, I truly believe. And it's not just what I say, it's what I do. You know I, I believe in God. You know I follow Jesus Christ. You know that I'm a person of actual faith. You know that. You see it. And I'm going to tell you something. The people in your life, they see it. They know. He says, you can follow me. He says, not just my faith, my patience. That's a tough one. Right? Patience. You know, when you go on a family thing with 17 people, can I tell you, like every one of you, I already said this, Every one of you, you got a little bit of crazy in you. Every one of you. You do. You do. You're a little bit crazy. Some of you are a little more crazy. But when you're off on a family thing with some people, like we all know, and we got to deal with each other's little craziness and everything, and that requires patience. I already mentioned there was a 
toddler on the trip. You know, at one point, I was sitting there. We, we, I was under the umbrella on the beach. Perlene was there. I was looking, and here's my niece and nephew, and they got the little, you know, father there. And there was a family over here, and they had a little baby, and there was a family there that had a little baby. And I just looked at her, and I said, we did that? Because that's insane. Like, what in the world? Right? We are at a really good stage of life right now. We're not having to do that, you know? These, they're over there digging holes in the sand, you know, and, and doing all this stuff and bringing fans to the beach. These are the people that carry a wagon full of, you know, to the beach. I'm walking out there with my book and my sunglasses, right? Patient. You know a person's patience. You've seen them in difficult circumstances with difficult people. See, if I want to know about you, it's not really in seeing you when everything's fine. It's when everything's not fine. And when you're having to deal with stuff. And then I see your faith. Then I see if you really believe what you say. Then I see your patience. Then I see what's called, he says, my love. My love. If we hung out together, like he and I work together, he knows who I love and what I love. I would know who you love and what you love. You, you would see a person's compassion and their concern and their care. And how they feel about those things and what's important to them. Who do you love? What do you love? And then he says, you would see my endurance. You don't just know my patience, he says. What you really see is my persistence. Like, level that you would go, I'm not putting up with that. I'm not dealing with that. I'm out on that, you know. But then there are some things I see that you really believe in that are really important to you and you won't quit. You won't quit. And Paul says to Timothy, you've seen seen me go through all kinds of hardships as I follow the Lord and you've seen that I don't quit and I haven't quit. And I want to stand before you as a person that hasn't quit on what I believe in because I believe that living my life with God is better than living my life without God. I believe it with all my heart and I won't quit. So I want to tell you, even though I'm in jail for preaching the gospel, I want to tell you, don't quit. You will feel like quitting on God. You will feel like at some point going, I don't know if this is worth it. And it'll be It'll be quitting on relationships on this earth, quitting on other. You would quit your job. You would have already quit your job multiple times if you could. You just have to have that paycheck so you don't, you know. When you get old enough and you got enough money saved up, you will quit. That's what retirement is, really. Retirement is, I'm done, right? <laughs> I'm out, right? You'll quit, right? So, but, but people quit on God. They quit on church. They quit on marriages they quit and so he's saying you've seen me i'm still here don't quit don't quit 
So he sets himself up as an example, but I want to tell you some facts. In the next verse, he talks about some facts. And this is a fact. I want to make sure you know that. Verse 12 and verse 13. He says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Everyone. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Every single one of you. If you want to do it right, you will pay consequences for it. Now look, there are people in the world right now, their life is in danger for following Jesus. Your life's not in danger. It's not. There are people right here who their family, their family will ostracize them and push back against them if they follow Jesus. It's true. But he says you will be persecuted. You will deal with some stuff. It's going to be difficult. I told Patrick, like, I don't want you to think just because you go, you go plant a church. In fact, we talk about this. Some pastors will go plant a church. They'll start a church just so they can try to start over and like, I don't want to deal with you people. I'm just going to go start a new one, you know. Every pastor's felt like that. At some point, you just go like, I don't know about these people. I'll just go start one on my own, right? <laughs> you know, that's not what we're doing. Not what we're doing. We just think, oh, it'd be rosy and wonderful. Honeymoon, it'll be wonderful. Listen, you think it's going to be great? No, it won't. It won't. You know why? There'll be people there. And you're one of the people. So you will deal with stuff. If you want to live a godly life, if you want to do things God's way, and you want to follow Jesus, He never promises you that that means everything will run smoothly. If you believe that, you're wrong. It is not that everything will run smoothly. It's that He will be with you, and He will give you power to deal with the stuff. That's why he just warned him. There are people who look godly, but they don't have the power. They don't even know how to deal with this stuff. They don't deal with it very well at all because they don't tap into the power of God. He says, I want you to know there is power in following Jesus Christ and being filled with the Spirit of Christ, but I want you to know that power is there because you're going to need it. But it'll be there. But you will be persecuted. So I'll tell Patrick, as a pastor for your new church, you will face disappointment. So will you. You will be discouraged. So will you. You will face divisiveness. It tries to... So will you. Satan's so good, here's what he wants to do. He wants to split churches and families. That's what he wants to do. Big time. He wants to get your family all upset with each other. And he wants to get churches and tear them apart. Because harmony creates peace and creates power to do God's will when people unite under God to do things. So he wants to, he wants to mess that up. You'll face that. You'll face deceit, deceitfulness. You'll face desertion. You'll face discrimination, disagreement, and you will certainly face disease and death. 
You're going to face all that. Guaranteed. So what do I do? What do we do? Well, he just says, what you do is you don't quit. You don't quit. And he says there's a perpetual nature to not quitting. What you need to know is the power of not quitting gets passed on. So Paul is saying, here I am, and I haven't quit, and I'm trying to help you not quit. And one of the things that enables you not to quit is by watching me not quit. So he says to him in verse 14, you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. And you know they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. And Timothy, he says, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Your mama and your grandmama, he'd already mentioned them earlier in this book, your, your mama and your grandmama taught you them, these things. And they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. So he's sitting here saying, you know it's true. You know it's true. You know it's true. You do. But you're going to face persecution and problems and difficulties. And when you do, you're going to feel like quitting. But don't quit. You know it's true. And here's how you know it's true. Because there are people who are older than you. And they're still following the Lord. So what do you do with that? Like when you get in that mindset that you go like, I don't know if this is right. I don't even know. And every one of you have done that. Look, you all have. All of us. Me too. You've all at some point gone, probably multiple times, gone, I don't know about all this. Am I wasting my time with all this? Right? This whole Jesus thing, following thing, is all this real? You've done it. We've all questioned that. And then here's the thing. Then you look out in front of you, and there's Grandma, or there's Paul, uh, there's somebody, and they are just plugging right along, and they're believing, and they're sitting there, and they're going, oh, it's true. It's true. And I'm 40 years past you, and it's still true. And I don't want to live my life a day without the Lord in my life, even as difficult as it is. It's true. Don't give up on it. So isn't it interesting that here Paul is telling him don't quit, and one of the powerful things that helps Timothy not quit is because there's Paul. It's almost like Timothy sitting there going, I can't quit. Look, I know it's true. I see the evidence of it. So I need to tell you something. You in your life, you think like, I don't know if I'm worthy enough to, to, you know, as I follow God, to go like, hey, follow me. It's imperative that you do it. It's imperative that you do it. That you sit there and go like, I know you don't know everything. I know, but just follow me. I'll show you how to follow God. And it might be for five people. For Patrick, I hope it's 200 people, right? I hope it's a lot of people that are following, right? Because you're saying, no, it's real, it's true, and you know it's true. So don't give up. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your relationships. Don't give up. You know it's true. Don't quit. So I want to lift you up with these two truths today. Maybe somebody in here, you've thought about quitting. Maybe you've already quit. Don't quit. It's real. 
Secondly, there there might be somebody sitting in here and you're the person who you want to be godly, but you don't know the power. You need to know Christ and His power to change your life, to guide you. And there's definitely a bunch of you in here, a bunch of you in here that need to have the guts, need to have the confidence and the strength to say, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And at least for my kids or my nephew and my niece, at least for the people that I work with every day, I'm going to show them what it's like to live by faith in Christ. Even as I struggle, I'm going to show them what patience looks like, what endurance looks like, what believing looks like. I'm going to show them that. So that they can have somebody to, to tag along to, to look to, and go, well, I'm going to follow them. <laughs> you think there's not power in you, but, but I'm weak. Oh, there's power in that. They'll just look at you and go, well, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Right? He can do it, I can do it. Right? And that's actually the truth. That, that might be the message. If I can do it, if I can follow Christ, you can do it. Like, you know? Yeah, life is hard. But Jesus Christ gives me power. And I believe in Him. And He will carry me. And I've seen Him carry other, others. There's people, there, this room is filled with people that He's carried them through. And that little kid, you don't think that ate and that however old they are I don't know how old they are they're just my relatives don't tell my wife she's not here Uh, however old they are don't you think they're staring at the 23 through the 30 year olds in the family group oh yeah you know they are do you think the 23 through 30 year olds are not staring at the 50 somethings to see how they deal with stuff Do you not think that the 50-somethings are looking at the 70- and 80-year-old-somethings? Of course we are. I'm looking at you. I'm trying to see right now, how do you you live that life out there where you're getting older and feeble, where you're approaching death? I want to see how they do it. I wasn't paying much attention to it when I was 20-something. I'm paying a lot of attention to it now. How do they do that? I'm watching you, right? And so we help each other by living that life. So I want to pray for you this morning that you'll be an example to others. Can I pray for you? Let's let's bow right now. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that you guide us. We need you. We need your power. Help us not to quit. A lot of people around us might quit. Not me, Lord. Not me. I believe. I believe in you. There have been other opportunities to quit, but not me. And Lord, if there's nothing I can offer except that, just the strength of not quitting, of persevering, Because I believe in you and I trust in you. 
And I know that no matter what life throws my way, like Paul said to Timothy, you've seen, he said, you've seen the Lord rescue me from all of it. Every time he rescues me, every time, over and over again. Lord, let me be that example for others. And Lord, for that person here this morning that's about to quit, Lord, I pray that this morning they'll say, nope, I won't quit. I know it's true. I know it's true who you are. And you're worthy of all my praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.